everybody. Welcome back for another week of Megachine, your podcast for the geek and gay stuff. <laughs> so by a black geek, geek perspective, that queer geek perspective, I am Victor. And I'm Nick. And well, we're here and we're not, it's not just us today. We have a special guest. Um, yes, we do. We do. So, you know, podcasting is always fun with friends. And this week we have one of our favorite people. Mm-hmm. She's super talented, hilarious, very smart. She's social <laughs> editor of Fanology, social media manager of Prime Video, a drag race fan, one of my favorite gals ever on the social media. We welcome Kayla Marie on the show. Hey, Kayla. That was so sweet. Like, I'm, I can be an asshole, but thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> I mean, we all can. We all can be an asshole. <laughs> but that was very sweet. I'm happy to be back on here. It has been a long time. Like, oh, pre-COVID? Oof, uh, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Been a oh, minute. Yeah, it's been a hot minute since you've been on here. Oh, it feels like 20 years. That's, that's like a generation. Oh. oh. God. And speaking of COVID, now they're saying like, um, we don't have to wear a mask anymore or I, I feel very weird about this. Oh, well, you know, the numbers are down. So everybody get back to work. And I'm like, um, it's like damn near a million people dead. Number one. Number two, my anxiety is still as high as it was as when we were locked down 2020. I still have not gotten over mentally 2020 or 2021. And now 2022. And it's just, it's a lot going on uh, worldly. Yeah. Well, yeah, they said that here we've relaxed to some degree, but the colleges are still keeping masks. Um, I know in the gym, uh, you can do it, but I'm still wearing my mask. Uh, I just, you just don't know everybody. You don't trust everybody. Mm -hmm. And um, mostly, to be honest with you, people are still wearing a mask around here. So it's like, people are like, yeah, but it's about to get hot soon. That means people will be out more. That means it may rise again. <laughs> so you know, I think about last summer, I think about every time we would do something like that, it will just pop right back up. So, and plus I feel like we got another variant coming. So Moolatron or whoever Tron will be coming next time. Starscream, Starscream variant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Starscream, RC. Jazz, they're coming. It's mm-hmm. it's a, it's crazy to me because I'm like, <sighs> as someone who is immunocompromised and has gone knock on wood and praise to whatever god you ha- you 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 worship, I have not gotten it, and I've done everything that I possibly can. I've been you know I've gotten my vaccine, I've gotten a booster, I'm getting the fourth booster, uh, sorry the the second booster that they approved for people that are immunocompromised. I just don't want to go through that, 
because the thing that we're not talking about are the long COVID effects Mm -hmm. and the symptoms and people are struggling. Like they're just not the same anymore. And I don't want that. That's not, that's not a way I want to live. Plus it's almost like pollen season is kicking up and I could do without. So I'm gonna just keep wearing my mask. People can look at me like I'm crazy, but I would rather have peace of mind walking into my house and taking off my mask that I did everything that I was supposed to do to protect myself and like to protect my family. My sister has a a three month old and you know, I'm not like it just, they wanted to come over for dinner. I'm like, let me test tomorrow morning. And like, we'll look at it for the weekend. Like I, even though I've did everything I was supposed to do while I was on a plane and out of town, but I'm still being cautious. And I think for me, what's frustrating is people are just being extremely selfish Mm -hmm. and like they can't see past themselves and what they feel like they're getting taken away from them when people have actually, you know, to, to Nick's point, it's people have lost their lives over this. So you wearing a mask is an inconvenience worse like someone losing their life to me. I cannot equate that. And I think mm-hmm. that's where I'm having my frustration and where all of my anxiety comes from. Mm-hmm. Right. And these people I, that don't want to wear a mask, like, on the airplane. I, so I applied, I actually, I interviewed with American Airlines, I want to say November. Didn't go through with the the flight school, even though they invited me. And I was like, you know what, that's probably for the best because I get up there on 30,000 feet, tired, and then this bitch don't want to wear her fucking mask. And then she starts swinging on me. You know, that's where I lose all kinds of normalcy and I just go straight south of Chicago on you. And I, I, I do not understand why all of these people are beating, beating up on these uh, flight attendants. Like, where are you going to go? You want me to throw your ass outside? Like, it, it's just so frustrating and I understand like sometimes like you can't breathe your glasses fog up it's just inconvenient like you said Kayla but do you want to be inconvenient or you don't want to be dead like it's it's so crazy to me but while we're here let's check up on each other uh Kayla what have you been doing in the past few weeks or so what's new what you've been watching what you've been reading playing all that jazz um so I guess the biggest thing is I'm working I've launched like a bunch of stuff back to back we had the expand season six and then we had um the legend of Vox machina season one and then we just had diabolical come out this past Friday um and everything's done extremely well so I've been trying to get better about making time for myself throughout all of these campaigns so my biggest like go-to has been the I know people complain and I know people don't like it but the Nintendo Switch Online and I've been playing Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time because those are my comfort games um it just like it puts me back in a good place like very very like pre-COVID and just like, it's a game. You, It's very, like, you know, you're able to reminisce and very nostalgic. Um, so that's that's been um, like my two go-tos really um, of, of what I've been like 
going towards. But I've also been watching a lot of the um, white people fraud stuff. So like inventing Anna <laughs> and Tinder Swindler. <laughs> <laughs> they just need a whole category on Netflix, like white people that, fraud. White people fraud. <laughs> I would yeah. absolutely white fraud. <laughs> like it's just it's an epidemic, and all like it's is they continue to come out. And I was watching Inventing Anna, mind you, the writing. I I, I want one Shonda Rhimes show where a black woman doesn't put their life on the line or put their reputation on the line for a white woman. I just want one, one black, I just want one Chanda Rhymes show where there's some sense in a black woman. And, the, and like, can't even say that about Grey's Anatomy because how many times has Miranda Bailey bailed fucking Meredith Grey out of something? Mm-hmm. But I, I, and I think it's to the point, it's starting to get a little Tyler Perry-ish for me, um, especially watching Inventing Anna. But I'm just watching him like, I would have peeped game from the moment homegirl opened her mouth. So I'm really trying to understand how this was allowed to happen. But it's just a, like, that's that's where I've been is watching all of this come to light. Even the Tinder swindler thing. I'm like, why would you send this man money? And he's rich. He's supposed to be rich. But why? yeah, that was an interesting thing. So is it like, I haven't watched the Tinder thing, but I, I've heard about it. So he's like this millionaire. Basically, those emails that you get from like uh, the Nigerian prince wanting some money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, basically, like they swiped right and, you know, found themselves just caught up. And I, to me, if someone has a ton of money and they're yelling at me and harassing me to send the money, they're not getting it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a thing um because that's a red flag but i think it's also one of like the desperateness to be loved and to have somebody but then also like if they're rich and they have money and can apparently like pay you back or do things um but this man walked away with a lot of money what is really interesting is what came out the other day is that the the name he was using the fam like the actual diamond people they're suing him and I'm like, so did you not think that that was going to be the, the mm. end results? Um, yeah, I, I have lots of questions. And then, of course, we're on like our billionth Elizabeth Holmes story. So I, to me, I don't like it's really interesting that like Netflix and like Hulu are going after those types of stories um, because they belong on Lifetime. Like there's a specific audience for these, and <laughs> if you're gonna do them, put them over there. Yeah, I mean it's it's big business. I mean people are gonna watch that type of stuff. It's just really hard when you think about the Tinder swindler. All the signs were there. Like it was like I think a 14 year old would be like, uh, oh, this person no. If they're a million, especially if you ain't got, if they ain't send, I feel like if if he hasn't sent me any money then why would I send him any money? Like, if you're the millionaire, you can give me $500. I might be convinced to give you 20. But again, I just thought that was just a lot. But as, as you were saying, Kayla, I think this also shines a light of how lonely people are and how people are really looking for love. And it's really disheartening because it's like, you know, those poor women, they just want to be in love. And it makes you wonder what's really happening in the world where people are turning 
to a tender, but also just falling for these okie dokes in a way that they just don't see the signs. What's really happening in the world where it's this, you know, and that's why I'm always telling people stay out, stay away from the apps. Cause if you think that's the worst of the, I feel like the worst and the worst on the apps because you, they don't have to be real. Yeah. So you put yourself in so much more situation. They can give you a picture. They can give you a, a topless pick, a dick pick. They can give you whatever. You may get caught up on that, but they could be the worst people on earth. They could be killers for all you know. So I mean, that's very true. I know a couple of people that have been murdered off, uh, off grinder and whatnot. Or you have the people that uh, the quote unquote porn stars, and you got to go through all these hoops to schedule uh, a fuck session with them. And I'm like. Girl, if you don't get the hell out of here, ain't nobody trying to go through your Rolodex or your agenda book or whatnot to squeeze in some kind of 10-minute uh, session with you and then pay you to fuck them. Like, girl, I could have had a V8. Fuck out of here. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. But yeah, those are interesting shows to watch, especially on a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, Victor, what have you been up to? I know you've gotten a little, uh, little uh, professional. You all, I remember you said you said something on Twitter. You said like, uh, I chose myself or something yeah, to that so effect. I, I was like, I was like, what's going on over there? So I'm. Just, I, I, all I can say is I, I made some some decisions, and you know, um, some have been good. It's been good. The outcome has been good so far. So um, I can say that much, but. Um, you know, looking for a change and looking to see what else can be done. I mean, living here, there's a lot that you can do. And I think a lot of people, I think what we get caught up on is like, oh, what do you know, you may have a career, but you know, when you're in a place where there's times you can change careers, I think you should try to do that to see what else that you like to do, just so you can understand who you are, but also what makes you really happy. And I think that's the hard part is I think sometimes we take jobs because they pay well, but you may have to take a job that makes you happy. That's, that's a bigger, bigger thing. My advice to people is make sure that when you have a boss, you make sure your boss is actually supervised professionals. Because uh, if they have it, you are trial by fire so just be keep that in mind mm-hmm. um but also try to find what you like to do um and if you know if that means if you want to work in ross you know putting clothes on the hanger that makes you happy do it um because these to be honest some of these jobs pay better than what you think they may pay um people sometimes don't think of them like oh, i'm not gonna make any money sometimes you make more i i just learned that People who are desk supervisor or, or desk supervisors make as much as I do now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the game has changed. Minimum wage is about to go up again, especially in California. We're about to go up to 16, um, 16.02. And then most places are already paying 24. So the, it's funny, the jack in the box down the street is paying $18 an hour. So, <laughs> you know, things wow. have changed. And so, <laughs> You know, you don't have to do something that you don't love. You can do something. Well, you don't have to be in a career that you thought you love. If you really don't like it and you really want to do something simple, you can almost do that and still be 
paid decently. So um, yeah, good stuff. Um, oh, also we are, um, you'll hear more about this very soon. I think in the following week, you'll hear a little bit more, but working on a queer Comic-Con for people of color. So there will be some reach outs coming soon. So very excited about that. Um, and we'll be hosting another queer people of color panel in WonderCon, which will be in April. So that's what I've been up to. Right. Uh, speaking of comic cons, we are having uh, our local con here in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the actually at the end of March. Um, so I'm going to be doing my first cosplay, and I'm nervous. And I'm also going to enter a contest. Uh-oh. So I'm like, oh my god, what do I do? It's like it's not a pageant, so I mean like how am I supposed to present myself so it's it should be fun I know the costume is going to look good um I'm waiting for one other thing some liquid latex to come in and what Uh, wasn't you what I came to talk it wasn't (laughs) were you in a, a con just not too long ago on a panel oh yes I was yes so uh uh, what was it? A few weeks ago, um, I had a panel um, with uh, uh, Doctor uh, Doctor John Paul, yeah. um, and there was a few other people. I'm forgetting their names, but uh, they uh, we had a uh, a panel about uh, LGBTQ stories, uh, Black LGBTQ stories, um, and it was very fun. I was, uh, I got uh, invited to do the panel by a friend of the show, uh, Tatiana King-Jones. And it was, I felt like, oh, mama, I made it. I'm on a panel. Uh, and, you know, they wanted me to talk about my uh, thoughts and ideas and all this jazz. And I was like, oh, I felt all grown up and shit. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, very fun to do. Um, and hopefully when they do it again, we could do some more panels. Um, what else? I, uh, Kayla, you're gonna like this. So I started watching uh, season 12 of Drag Race for the first time. And I know who wins. However, she wasn't my winner, even though she was good. Jada was amazing but that top four since uh sherry pie uh was really really fucking good i think i would have gone with either i think i would have gone with either crystal or Gigi. Gigi is the goat (laughs) listen (laughs) and that entire house that she has created and built between her and Simone I so we're the same so I went back because I never watched it I think Mm -hmm. it was right around I think I boycotted it because they had Nicki Minaj on the first episode and I was like the person that hates queer people okay right (laughs) I was like wait wait a minute Um, (laughs) and there was like and then there was the Sherry Pie and I was like okay so there's no point in me watching this season um but I'm glad I went back because I did fall like in love with with crystal method and i fell in love with Gigi. um 
Jada is good, but Jada to me, like I forget that Jada was the winner. Um, uh-huh. Jada turned it in the runways, but in the challenges was forgettable for me. Um, but I, I, I mean, it was a strong top four, but I just that wouldn't have been who I would cho- who I would have chosen. I right. think they, if we're gonna read the writing on the wall, we know why she was chosen. It was during the pandemic, and you know, uh, all eyes were on RuPaul. Um, mm-hmm. But I, it's a, it's a very decent season. Going back and watching it, you know, it's it, it's also like the past. So twelve, thirteen, and now fourteen, the main villains are these like cutthroat, like white queens, and I'm like, why are you mm-hmm. like? you've seen it play out where then you don't win and I want like what and it doesn't make you likable at all at all so I mean and and to me there was not one runway where Gigi did not step out know her proportions and I think it also goes back to the fact that Gigi's mom has always been like hands-on and helping her become like a very good seamstress mm-hmm. and I love that um so I I love that you went back and you, you're watching it as well it's it's a, a solid season um you know I have my feelings about 13 I'm actually re-watching 13 now um because I'm trying not to be as biased about Candy Muse but Candy's messy and I just she can't. came in messy like Oh, I'm like, that already had turned me off. And then when she had that little spat with uh, Tanisha, uh, I'm like, girl, she, let me tell you something. Miss uh, Iman has been around for 20, 30 odd years. She has decades, literally fought bitches bigger and badder than you could ever be. Number one. Number two, where did you get off? coming into the workroom the first fucking day talking about oh I'm better than my mama and yada 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 and this that's the third and I'm the shit and nobody can tell me nothing I'm like girl let's let's cut the bullshit you you're not that cute as a queen for real you barely talented so let's not act like your shit don't stink I'm just saying that double Shantae where she got to stay when she went against uh, uh, Simone should have been a, a sachet away. That's yeah, how she, I feel. How she made mm-hmm. it to the top four, I will never get over. But it's just like, yeah. Okay, girl. They... Yeah, it's, 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 there's been, it's just been a lot. So between like, you know, season 12 had the Sherry Pie drama. And then season 13, you had Candy being messy. Um, and then you had the Utica being hella racist and <laughs> kind of like unaware um, mm-hmm. of how like un- incredibly rude and it, to this day, I still am trying to like gr- get a grasp on why that like happened the way that it did. But, um, you know, I think we've gotten the ones there's been a lot that have come been able to break through that have just become fan favorites that I do appreciate like Lala Ri um mm-hmm. just yeah. people that you can truly enjoy and walk away from being like you're very glad like 
if anyone knows me, like I will fight someone over Denali and Denali not making it to the top four is like my super villain origin story. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's like you, like still trying to understand how, um, but I, I do think, you know, that, that 12 season definitely was where there was that shift to the younger kids and the Gen Z's that grew up watching, you know, their take on drag has been like very interesting to see. Um, mm-hmm. And I like, even with this season with Georgia's like seeing the bait, like they're all, I didn't like the youngest person on this season is 31. I wanted to throw my phone. What? Deja, Deja's 31. Deja, I know I thought Deja Sky was at least 42. Deja Sky is oh, 31. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, the youngest person is is like the oldest person is 31. So like everyone is just their baby. So they started watching, they started doing drag because of the show. So right. to like see that and how it's like developed is very interesting. Um mm-hmm. but I, you know, I, I know we could talk about this all the whole time, but I do love that you're watching this season. Yeah. The, the second uh-huh. season, the 12th season. Uh, yeah, Gigi is one of those people like she will give you fashion, but she's also hilarious. And she doesn't take herself too seriously versus somebody like Miss Fame. She's so kind. Gigi is mm-hmm. so, inc- like that, I think that was why I did because like there was never that cutthroat, like I'm gonna, I'm here, like I'm here to win, but mm-hmm. I'm also gonna be here to like, which is why everybody fell in love with Cornbread because Cornbread uh. already knew like my mm-hmm. shit was together but I'm here to help people you know right. and so like my favorite story arc is of course that her and Willow are now like that's their besties and I'm like I love this this is like why I love this season so much um right. but yeah I think that's what it is it's like when you know you if you you're good it's we were talking about this before we started it's like if you know your work is good you let that shit speak for itself and you don't have to cut people down to get ahead mm-hmm. and i think that's why everyone loved Gigi. exactly yeah oh yeah uh victor i know you don't watch drag race but <laughs> you have to look at some of her runways no and- i like I said, I'm going to kind of sit down and kind of look through some stuff or kind of catch up with the clips through Twitter. Um, but not, you know, every time y'all make me want to go and go back into it. Um, but, who, you know, who knows? I might just jump in one of these million of seasons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're on Amazon. They're on Hulu. So, yeah. Um, well, let's go ahead and pour us a heaping helping of Aunt May's tea because we have a few things to talk about. Uh, Victor, kick us off with uh, the Batman. All right, so the Batman came out this week. It is almost a three-hour movie, and this time it's about this year two um, in the Batman world. So this is following um, apparently... Um, he's already had his first year, but this time we're introduced to Selena Kyle 
kind of called the cat at this point. Um, and we're dealing with a lot of drama, especially around crime families. Um, we got the penguin in there, we got Falcone in there, we have a lot going down, but this time it's all about the Riddler and the past of um, hidden secrets about Gotham and its powerful rich. So this movie, I actually saw the movie um, set through all three hours, and I have to say, and I will, you, and I will probably be, you know, crucified on this hill, but this is one of the best Batman movies. This is, to me, the best Batman movie um, because it just one we don't get the pearls, we do not get that origin story, we do not get the death of Martha and Wayne, wait, or whatever his name is, Thomas Wayne. We don't get that. They already did. We just move on from that. But we learned some secrets about the Waynes. Um, and this is not really a spoiler, but Arkham, that is, and maybe y'all knew this, that's Martha's maiden name. So Arkham, as you know, is Arkham Asylum. Um, and the Waynes have owned this city for years. And there are some secrets about these white folks. They actually talk about that about the white privilege of Gotham and how that's been corrupted. So this movie was really good. Robert Patterson did a, I have never been a fan of this man, but he is a good actor. I would never take that from him, but this, his role as Bruce Wayne, so I was sold on it. Um, Zoe Kravitz. This is the first time in a long time, and I'm one of the few who was still down the hill of Halle Berry, Catwoman. Um, but she gave you Selena Kyle. She gave you, I believe, the Catwoman we deserve. That look, that whole pixie cut, that whole, just her whole aesthetic, perfect, perfect. It's just, it was a great movie all the way through. I may go back and see it today. Um, it's, it was really good. I recommend it. Again, this is to me one of the best Batman movies. It didn't feel hokey. It didn't feel ridiculous. Again, it is three hours. Um, and we I think um Batman, can't remember the name of the one with the Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker was really long, but it just but looking back, I've always felt like that was kind of put together in, in an interesting way. This one actually made sense, and I really appreciated all of it. So I mean, y'all have to see it if you haven't seen it. You just have to see it. Is it uh, <clears throat> is this streaming on HBO Max? Nope. No. This oh is shit! Well, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go to the theater to see this one. Damn. Um. Well, I'll see it eventually. I, you know, I love me a little good little pussy cat wig. You know, you could shake that shit up and hit the door. Um, I'm so glad that they wigs in this one. She gives you wigs, but that pixie cut though. Uh-huh. I, I am so glad that they featured a villain that is not the Joker. And they did uh the Riddler into somebody who was actually terrifying. Um I like the idea. Uh I like to see uh Robert in this as uh Batman and Bruce Wayne. Um, but you know, my personal favorite. Well, actually, my top two Batmans are uh, Michael Keaton and Kevin. Uh, oh, God, what is his name? He's the animated voice actor. 
and I can't think of his name. He Kevin Conroy. Like, yes. Conroy. Uh, yeah. Those are my two uh, Batmans. But, you know, I'm gonna give that little boy a chance. He can't, he can't be uh, worse than Val Kilmer, so. He's actually better. Like, I, he's up there with Michael Keaton. Like, if you take all, if it was just Michael Keaton and then we jump to him, we'll be good. Oh. Now, Kayla, have you seen the movie yet? I have not. I'm one of those people that really doesn't, I don't like Robert Pattinson. So I had to be, <laughs> I have to be really, like, my husband's been selling me on this a lot. And I'm like, I'm going to go see it because it's a Batman movie and I do love Batman. Zoe Kravitz is not the best actress. So I'm hesitant as that, like, with that as well. Because if, like, we're being honest, there's that that nepotism there of why she is an actress and gets the roles that she gets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to give it a chance, mainly because I was sold on Colin Farrell's um, transformation into uh, the Penguin. Like, I was, when I saw it, I was like, okay, well, now I want to see this. Um, I was like, that's, that's interesting to me that they were able to transform him in that way. Dark Knight just has such a special place in my heart. I saw it during a very like transitioning time, like going to college and like, I just needed to see that movie. Um, and it's always just like, that's my go-to. Like I've always, like, to me, that's one of the best up there with Michael Keaton. Um, mm-hmm. So I, and then of course I love the animated Batman. So like, it's just like, you know, it, it's really hard to kind of like step, take a step back and be like, which one do you like more? Um, but I, I'm I'm gonna give it a chance. I know everyone has been saying it's the best, and some people have been like it's better than Dark Knight. And I'm like that's a stretch. But I mean, like that's fine. I understand. <laughs> I'm just like Dark Knight was just so like good, and I I think the storytelling for me on that one is just so solid. But I'm gonna give this one a chance. Everyone's like, you know, I know you don't like Robert, but he actually does a really good job in this one. I'm yeah. like, okay, because I'm not a Twilight girl. So, like, for me, I'm like, mm. no. I was like, I was really, like, you got to sell this one to me. Um, but we're going to go see it. So I will report back. I might eat my words and be like, oh, it's absolutely amazing. Um, my, um, my boss actually used to work at WB. And she actually, she and I were meeting last week. And she was like, to me, it's one of the best Batmans. And I was like, huh, okay. Well, oh. I will go see it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I will say that Zoe, there's a movie called Kimmy where Zoe really shines as an actress because the what they what was given to her, she really, really did a good job. So I, you know, and I was I was like you at first, Kayla. I was like, yeah, you know, she's got it, she got in this because of who her family is. But she really does come through with this and I, I had to remember that the penguin that was Colin Farrell. I had to remember that. I'm like, I had to remember that because <laughs> that's a that was he, what he did for that role just changed it up in so many different ways. And oh my god, it, it's just so much in this movie to where it's. It, I like that they take this approach to Bruce about his wealth and what he needs to do and why he's somewhat resentful of it. Um, it's, it's just so much in this movie. Y'all, you, don't, you just gotta see it. Um, it's, it's hard because Dark Knight is still one, of, it's very strong. I would say, I'll, I'll take it back a little bit to say they're, they are the ones that I will, 
of course the, the Batman, of course that's always gonna be something that stays in my heart. But this one is probably the one I will see more than once. I think I saw Dark Knight three times, but I think I can see myself really seeing this more. Um, and hopefully, it, you know, he's signed on for three more movies. So we'll see how this goes after this. All right, well, hopefully they can, WB can do some kind of world building as far as uh, introducing um, the Justice League or something like, something of the sort. But moving on, um, Andrew Christian. Now, Andrew Christian is known for their expensive and most of the time ill-fitting underwear. Uh, so in an effort to help LGBTQ uh, individuals fleeing Ukraine, Andrew did some kind of promotion to basically promoting his underwear by, uh, he said, oh, I want to give somebody a signed pair of underwear Oh, a raffle off a signed pair of underwear to help Ukraine. This just felt disingenuous and tacky to me. And uh, I was looking at the uh, some of the comments that somebody said, and somebody mentioned, oh, so are you going to use your underwear to promote uh, Syrians, uh, people from Yemen and other countries that primarily have brown folk in it that have been affected by war. And it just like, Andrew, you could have just made a donation from Andrew Christian and just kept it like that. You didn't need to do this whole, oh, um, come buy some of these underwear, yada, 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 in an effort to, you know, help out what's happening in Ukraine. It was just <sighs> white people, you know. And I think he's like, like spicy white or whatever. Yeah. He's not even I, factory yeah. default white. I, I saw that. I was, I was like, how, how do we get to this level? Why could you just raise money? Why could you just give money? You have tons of money just because it gave money. You've been silent about it. Um, you could have been like, hey, we got, or just say, yeah, we got, we stand with this, you know, special edition underwear, call it a day, whatever. You know, they do they do special edition underwear every once in a while. That could have been it, maybe. I don't know. I, yeah, I was just like, I, again, I just saw it. And I was like, I, I can't. I just left it alone. But he got dragged or they got dragged for that. <laughs> for that. Mm -hmm. It was just like, this is not the time. But I want to say they've done something like this before, but... It was not the time. It's the lack of yeah. reading the room. That part, like just yeah. like and like you just jump and you do things without thinking about it, and it's it's always like it's that thing that we always say on Twitter. It's the where is the PR team, and where is your market? Like you know, you're, they're they're just making these decisions on their own. Um, so, but they also then don't think about the people that it affects when they do that. So if you got this company and you go out and do something in this way, you're now affecting your employees as well. So that's to me where I'm just kind of like, it's, it's selfish essentially, because you're trying to like 
jump in the conversation and be a part of it, but you're not doing it in a meaningful way. And so that's why it comes off tacky when, like you said, like you just could have made a donation and gone about your business and that be that. But instead, flag colored underwear. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, and, and I don't know why those underwear cost so damn much. They're like 40 or $50. for like some trunks and a jock strap. I'm like, girl, no, no, ma'am. And they don't even fit right. Like, they don't, they don't fit right. They feel weird. But that's, that's a whole conversation for another day. (laughs) I'm one of the few, 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 probably less than 1% of gay men who believe that underwear should be you could buy a pack of 10 at Target. You don't need to go all the way out. You got no kid draws. I, have no, I, don't, <laughs> I don't get that. I don't get spending. I just don't understand that. Underwear is underwear. You take them off. You know, everybody who wants to pose in pictures, and I'm like, okay, that's cute, but you can still wear some black underwear that you got at Target and look just as good. You don't need to have all this. Underwear should not be. A single pair of underwear should not be over $15. And I stand by that. If it is, you're wasting money. Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) There have been times where I've bought like um, an order of underwear and my order was like maybe like $100. What? (laughs) <laughs> that nobody sees but the person you with no like I feel like if I if I feel good about my body at some cute little underwear then I'm going to allow myself to indulge in whatever I what you know and you know I'm a big fashion kid like you see these closets um, so I just, but okay, but with your with your cute little body that you got, couldn't you just wear some good old fashioned black briefs and still get the same attention, the same look, still feeling good, and be like, yes, I look good in two dollar underwear. Okay, now first of all, two dollar underwear does not touch this body. Let's <laughs> let let it be known and let it be said. Um, maybe like ten dollars. But, I think okay, that's that's the highest I will ever go. But if it, if you ever girl. go a pack, <laughs> you can get a pack of six underwear for seventeen dollars, and that will last you for over a year. Again, you don't really need to do that. So yeah, if y'all want to take my gay card away, you can. Um, it's gonna have to go through some reviews. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's fine because my my. My uh, my female card is up for grabs because I mean, like, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I'm like, I can get some really cute boy shorts for like eight dollars at Target. (laughs) 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 Like, like, I mean, I will say, like, I think you can. I think there are times and like places. Um, I I just cannot bring my. Well, I think what's also harder for me, like, because I have PCOS and. I do like deal with the fluctuate of my weight. It's just like, to me, it's just not worth it. I think that's another factor to it too. Um, It's just like the body build and they're not 
like the sizes at Victoria's Secret are not what I want or would be able to use. So like I have to like balance it out. Now I've what's been really nice through the pandemic is there's been like other websites that have those really nice underwear that is like accessible and affordable. So yeah, like I will absolutely do that. I spend more on my bras than I do on like my underwear. Mm-hmm. But that's because I have big titties and that's just what it is. And so I have to pay an ex- extreme amount of money to get like the nice bras with like support. Um, right. But yeah, I think that that's just like part of it. But I, I get what you're saying. But Andrew Christians, like I, I've, I've seen them. I, I know how much they cost. And I'm like, no. no right. And they, have, they have this one, um, I guess this one kind of brand or line of them. Like you can... If I, you guys can't see me, but we're on cam. And if you can put, this is the pouch. And then there's another pouch that you can put your dick in to make it look like it's bigger than it is. I'm like, girl, we don't need to be doing all that. Like, no. <laughs> underwear is underwear is underwear. You like, just girl. put it on. It is under jeans. It is under, it's nobody sees it unless you Little want bit. people to see it. A push-up bra for dicks? Yeah, it, basically, it's a push-up bra for dicks. And I'm like, girl, if you don't... That's in, no, that's that's promoting insecurity. No! <laughs> if you don't got it, you don't got it. No push-up is going to give it to you. The it's, truth will be released. Well, or, that or is true. Whatever, so... That is very true. Um, a, pack of, a pack of seven underwear for eighteen dollars is all you need. Cherokee? No, no Cherokee. We not doing <laughs> I said Target. Now Target ain't selling no Cherokee. Cherokee brand. Mm. <laughs> I, I are they still in business? Shit, I don't know. Because that's probably a, a billion dollar business. Let me leave them alone. In fact, I'm gonna look it up right now. But. Right. Well, while you're doing that, let's move on to some uh, <clears throat> political news. Um, so Florida and all of their wisdom has passed the, uh, the house, their house of representatives has passed what is called basically the don't say gay bill. And the bill states that a school district may not encourage classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels or in a manner that is not age appropriate or development and developmentally appropriate for students. This also states that parents may bring action, I'm guessing in the form of a, against a school district to obtain a de- declaratory, that a school district procedure or practice violates this paragraph and seek injunctive relief. A court may also award damages and shall award reasonable attorney fees and court costs to a parent who receives this injunctive relief. Now, in addition to this bullshit, an additional amendment to the bill would further require school, schools to disclose whether a child is queer to their parents within six weeks of learning that they are not straight. And I cannot understand for the life of me why these people who claim to be in public education think that this is right or mentally healthy for 
these kids. Like, do you not understand that Florida was the site for one of our, one of the worst mass shootings in our country and it happened to be at a queer nightclub and y'all was just saying, oh, these lives mattered, whatnot, but then the same breath, you're going to say, okay, well, you know what, fuck y'all, fuck y'all faggots. I, I just, this is, it's crazy on so many levels. It, it is, it, it's, it's, a, it's a clear attack on us, and it's a clear attack on, you know, it's, it's bringing back, and if y'all remember back in the early 2000s when, you know, the they started with gay marriage, but they also kind of used these other tactics to try to do this in the don't say gay bill. All that type of stuff was stuff that was used before or kind of brewing in, in the midst of some of these groups at this point. This is kind of the, it's still a culture war battle that they lose, but they, but they gain the most traction with. It's kind of odd, but it, it's one of those things where it's like they're really trying to push this and, 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 in the, in the skies of we're trying to protect the kids and this is not what's happening. But what's been really beautiful is the young folks are fighting back and they probably never did not really imagine that much because I think this is the first time we've seen a lot more younger people fight back against a lot of this stuff. And it's been really, you know, inspiring to see the fact that they're not gonna be able to get this through, but also uh, this is opening their eyes that these are future voters. And so they're getting people already right up against them to like, okay, we see what y'all trying to do. You've been trying to do this for years, but this is a new generation. This generation is a little bit more, you know, the TikTok generation are more savvy now. They're more aware now. Students, well, the younger generation is more sexually fluid. So a lot of these things are changing Improving with my generation and even slightly in some in, in the younger generation as well that some of these old things are not as powerful as they used to be. So I think they're getting a taste of their own medicine, and I think in a lot of ways this is going to cause a lot of them to lose seats because of this. You think you think about the book bannings, you think about all that stuff that's happening. It's it's already had a huge backlash, but to see the reaction against this has been really inspiring. I think as a as a parent and you know it's 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 tough to see it's really hard um and of course being in Georgia you always know that it could potentially creep up in here too um you know because they're trying to appeal voting rights here as well so there's so many things um just happening that are like outwardly attacking and queer people but I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and she said, well, how do you feel about it as a parent of a disabled kid? And I'm like, oh, I'm terrified because that's next. They're not going to teach them tolerance to kids with autism. They're not going to teach them tolerance to kids with any disabilities. So I know exactly what's coming. It's the, when they say they're pro-life, they're pro-white perfect in their world, right? And it's daunting because you know what the right, you can kind of see the writing on the walls, right? All of those things will start to peel back. It'll start to be appealing back some of the ADA 
um, restrictions and like the things that are needed for accessibility. So it started like they're starting after this group of people already who've been fighting for years for their right to exist and love who they want. But then it's going to be the people that like they can't like they they have guardians who need to be their voice. I know that's what's the next step here. Um, so it's terrifying, and I, I can't imagine like being outed by a fucking teacher. Like, I can't, like, if that had happened, I, yeah. And, and the thing is, they claim to be pro-life, but they don't care about mental health and, mm-hmm. you know, suicide prevention. And that's what that next step is. Of like, what you're mentally doing to this child who is trying to explore and, and I, you know, find out who they are. This is a time when you... this is an age where you get to be like really truly find yourself and they're criminalizing that and it's hard to watch and like I'm glad that there's been a lot of parents speak out about it um what's fucked is Disney has donated to all of the people that backed the bill but then have their their pride days and so then they rainbow wash so that's one thing that's been really interesting to see is there's been a lot of people to call that out. It's like there's a lot of businesses that, and a lot of these, you know, fortune 500 companies that are donating to these senators, attacking children and their parents right now. And they, they're doing it secretly and hoping that no one finds out about it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, um, one of the heirs to Disney had spoke out. I'm not sure if they did or not. Um, but yeah, it, this is going to drive up queer youth suicide rates. And then they're going to wonder, oh, well, why are these kids taking their own lives? Like the writing is on the wall. And if you are, if you simply just don't care, just say that. Don't hide behind it saying that oh, this is for the uh, the benefit and protection of kids. Just say, look, I don't care about you kids unless you are white and leave it at white and straight. That's all I care about. Just say that. Say it with your chest and stick behind something no matter how fucked up it is. At least we would know that. Don't sit behind some kind of moral high road that you created yeah, by pulling out of your ass or some shit. It's, I am so, I don't know what's the word, frustrated by politics nowadays, but like it's those things that we can't, if we look away, then they'll get away, if that makes any sense. Like we have to be vigilant as far as being on top of the information that we get, the correct information, and sort out any kind of disinformation that's out there. But not to be outdone, Texas and all their infinite wisdom introduced an anti-trans bill. Now this bill would ban all K through 12 trans kids from playing on sports teams that match their gender identity. Um, I, this was even 
I think the uh, attorney general had called uh, parents that allow their kids to do hormone replacement therapy as abuse. And then they said that the child protective services were going to somehow get involved. Greg Abbott is a fucking, him and DeSantis, I don't know who's worse. They are like gunning for this top role of just being the whitest piece of shit. And I hope, uh, what's his name? Beto wins this uh, gubernatorial race. But my God, the, the politics in Texas are so fucked right now. Yeah, it's both he and DeSantis are, this is their introduction to what they want to do as they hope to run for president. And it's fascinating because it feels like they don't have the PR people to be like, hey, times are changing and you're losing redistricting, redistricting, I can never say the word, um, cases to where you can't do that 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 weird math thing of like moving things around to where you will get the most votes. Y'all losing that now. So it's gonna get to a place where it's just gonna reflect the true vote of the, the of the people in these areas. It's gonna get to a place where it's like you're not going to hold the power anymore. So you should be doing more to not um, piss people off. Um, but they also are doing this for money. They are raising money with this, um, which is going to be really funny because as we are seeing these sanctions hit Russia, you're going to really learn who won't have that money wheel like they used to have because that also has played a role in this. But um, it is really sad to see them consistently do this, but it's been very, um, you know, noteworthy that people are not, again, you know, people are really not standing up to it. They're actually, I mean, they're not taking it. They're going to fight back with this. And I do hope that Beto wins because if this, if he wins, if Val, you know, Val Demings and all the other people who are running in Florida, I can't remember the other woman who's running in Florida, who's running against DeSantis. If they do win, they do change the tie. Um, so the, politics is frustrating. Uh, it's uh, it's a world that you know I've been involved with for a long time, but at the same time we realize we have to get in there and get these people out because we'll continue to keep running into this type of stuff. Now going back with the Texas stuff, it's really a, that whole bill, that whole anti-trans bill is pretty much unnecessary. There's been no there's been no data that proves what they're doing is correct or will help. If anything, it's more data to prove what they're doing will really cause more harm. So I don't know what they're using. They're using faulty information, um, but hopefully um, this does not really get any bigger than what it has been. And I hope this drives more people out here to vote against people like Abbott and other people who are really pushing for this. It's, and it's, it's also frustrating. I want, instead of Biden talking about us going back in the office, and stopping remote work to actually address that these two bills are like actually harming like people's civil liberties. Wearing a mask is not harming your civil liberty. It's protecting other people in their lives. 
but going like reading the story about the parent who is working for the family protective services get put on leave and then have is risking getting put on child abuse registry and their child being taken away is beyond me what they're trying to do and you know i've had this conversation they know that people are going to pick up and leave the state and then what's left are the you know conservatives that are going to stay behind they're trying to drive these people out where these bills won't carry that's not a bill that'll carry in california or new york or in chicago these are bills that carry within those conservative states they're trying to make a point but my my thing is it goes back to that whole pro-life thing they don't it's not they're not pro-life you can't call it pro-life if you're going after children who have made a choice there's i believe that they said it's like 0.002 percent of people that have transitioned that have gone back and detransitioned that's it you're taking a couple of numbers and people out of millions and ignoring the fact that trans people have been around for hundreds of years and you're you're focused solely on that because you're losing ground in other bills and it's 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 funny like they're getting called out on all the other bills they're trying to pass and the way that they they are trying to you know, gerrymander and, and do that. So they're like, you know what we do? We distract them. We're going to start targeting some kids. And to me, that's where they fucked up. And to do it just before we're about to go into primaries, good fucking luck. Like, I don't, like, I don't know what to tell you, but it's, it's not going to go the way that they think it is. Um, but I do wish that that statement had come out. Um, and like the fact that, you know, we've heard twice in one week that Biden wants people to go back to remote work, but we really haven't heard him actually take a stance on that. It's been a little frustrating. I'm like, we, you know, we put our trust in you, but please like, like you, you see what's happening. Um, you've got to address it because it's only going to harm and numbers of mental health and suicide attempts and ideation are just going to continuously go up. Um, and there's been numerous doctors that have said this bill and the tactics and quote unquote numbers are all in fact like in, like inflated numbers. Um, so it, it's, it's frustrating to see it all play out, um, but I don't know where else like we're, we're gonna go from there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It's frustrating, and like we've said, it's it's like it's the basically it's the look over there. Yeah, um, I'm going to be doing this, and then when I'm actually going to be doing this type of stuff. And I I know that typically since this is a primary season, well, it has already started because they did a uh, voting. Uh, what a uh, few weeks last week um, in Texas, so it's already in season, and typically 
the party that's in power during primary seasons gets a beating. But the way that the Republicans have been acting now, it's like, you all said you didn't want masks. Okay, but what, what else are you campaigning on? Is that just it, mask and reopening? I mean, what about your fiscal policies? What about your uh, economic policies? What about all of these other policies that you're supposed to have when you were running and you don't, you don't have any of that? So like, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? And I've always said you can't trust a Republican. I don't care if they are a current Republican. I don't care if they were a Nixon Republican. Uh, you can't trust them. You can't. And it's, you know, you it's it's hard because it, you know, it's getting to a point where it's hard to trust any of the politicians, <laughs> but it's something that hopefully, you know, to see, I think Beto get more support going he won the he won the democratic um role to to run for governor but to see him get more support in this role versus when he was running for congress or whatever he was running for beforehand um, i think people do want that change he had a huge turnout and huge thing so i think this is a sign maybe we'll see um it, it still hurts that he lost against ted cruz when he did run like you know, I, I think some people regret that now, realizing, you know, the, just the groveling mess that he is. But, you know, hopefully he does win and just throws out all that mess that Gregory did and just, just have, you know, Texas, the stars getting better from that. But I do believe what Kayla was saying is very true that they trying to get rid of people to leave, but that could be something that's really, that can really hurt them as well. Because if you, push out the the new people the younger people immigrants what have you that's gonna hurt your economy because white folks can't do everything and they don't want to do everything so <laughs> you know they don't want to do some of that those jobs they don't want to be you know doing a lot of those things and a lot of them are getting older so the interesting thing is texas and florida are becoming big places where people are retiring and a lot of white people are going there so I don't know how much more they can continue to rely on that, but hopefully, again, all this stuff backfires. Let's hope it does. Um, and with that note, let's go ahead and clean up these teacups and get ready for the king size issue. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about queer interracial dating. So this is kind of in conjunction with our episode that we had, I think it was a few weeks ago when we talked about um, uh, when King, King Reeds was on here. Um, and we talked about uh, Black queer individuals and whatnot. Um, there's this sense that I've gathered online, and if you all correct me if I'm wrong, that a lot of Black people, a lot of queer Black people feel a type of way when they are, when they see other queer Black people involved with someone that is not Black, in the sense that, oh, they are 
not being in a sense loyal to their race or they are not black enough or some kind of sense in that manner. What do you all think about this whole idea of that? Um, as someone who is married to the Winter Soldier, um, I, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's definitely tough. Um, one, we, we've known each other since high school. So it was a little different mm-hmm. and all my friends knew that I technically, and I, I remember joking with them because especially in college, I dated predominantly black guys. I, I dated one white guy in college before I ended up with James um, because, and it was a running joke that Kayla only dated basketball players because I was like, I'm not dating anyone under six feet. I was like, I, I want someone I can look up at and he can pick me up. It's going to be real candid. So like, oh, that's, right. that's what I wanted. <laughs> and, you know, it just so happened that they were black. And, but, you know, I come from a Afro-Latino family and for me, it, I didn't, it wasn't something that was there. Now, did it become a factor when it came involved with his family? Absolutely. Um, they are way more conservative than he is. Like, well, he's not conservative at all. Um, but I do think, you know, it was definitely a thing um, on my certain parts of my family of, you know, Kayla's not dating someone who's black. And, you know, when other uh, like cousins or my sisters would date someone that was, it was definitely pointed out. Um, But it's not, and and try to negate that um, or or to negate that, you know, Kayla's identifying with, um, you know, a white race, which was not the case at all. It's definitely something that's been, I've had to fight against. And then it's like layering that extra layer as, a you know bisexual black woman then like oh so then what's your preference when it comes to like if you know if you're with a woman I'm like it's not there's not necessarily a preference and I know there's a lot of people that are like I would never date some like out of my race and that's your prerogative but it's also my prerogative to be like open-minded to the people that you fall for I have I have a a very like strong fit like stance and you can't help who you fall for that's just like I can't help being bisexual (laughs) like that's that's who I am and I think that that's something I've pushed back on a lot um especially to friends to try and get them it's it's a it's a unconscious bias I think that we don't really think about often um and and it's navigating that and especially here in the South, it's really like, I know what the connotation is when they see me and James, we get the looks, especially if we go into a Publix, like that is that is the place we are gonna get the most stares. Um, and if we go, even if we went into a Walmart, so then it's the opposite, right? So you get it from all, from both sides. Um, and we've like, we've been together 10 years, so we've kind of ignored it. Um, but I, I do think there is still that 
I'm not black enough because I am married to a white person. Um, I, but I've, for whatever, for the most part, it has stopped bothering me, but it did bother me a lot in the beginning of trying to take that away from me because of who I chose to be with or who I fell in love with. I think it's interesting that we are still, I see that on Twitter every once in a while, you know, people talk about like, I should have known they were with a white man or I should have known um, they were, you know, they would, they would do something like this. And it's really fascinating because I'm always like, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's it, at one point, I feel like a lot of Black queer people based everything from an Atlanta or, <laughs> you know, a DC perspective, like, you know, like it's like this here. So it should be like that everywhere. LA, no, it's not. Because I think a lot of people look at the fact that there's so many choices you can make. Um, do people, yeah, I do believe there are some people who do choose white men because they may choose white men for different reasons. Um, and sometimes there's some, some, some bigger issues within themselves that are going through. Um, but I don't, I don't think that when someone chooses to be with somebody white or someone who's not in their race means they hate themselves. I think there's different circumstances. I think there's different ways you meet people. Um, I, I've, I've always used the example of when I was on, um, oh, I can't remember the, the dating app, but I was on there where you can see everybody who looked at you, everybody who checked out your profile. I remember I looked at 40, it's like, here's 40 people who looked at you. And I remember it was like less than 10 to black, but everybody it was mostly was white. Uh, the other one was Latinx and the other one was Asian. I had more Asian men look at me than, than black men. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, but you also kind of, you can't help who you fall in love with. You also can't help who you connect with. And I think for a lot of us, the person I'm dating is mostly a mostly white person um, but there's a lot of things we connect on. And I think sometimes people forget that there's reasons why you are dating some people. If y'all connect on like nerdy things, or I don't know if the Smithsonian, you, both of you are huge fans of Smithsonian, you have to be attracted to each other. I don't think you think about the fact there are a different race right off the bat, but, or if you do, you do have those conversations beforehand. I just hate the fact that we are still at a place where you are heavily judged because you're dating someone who's not black. Um, because if you're black and you're not black and you dating someone who's not black, that means you hate all that. I just think that it's kind of ridiculous, but that is where we are and we're still there. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't really feel, I don't feel bad that I'm dating somebody who's not black. Um, because I know for myself that I'm open, I've always been open to it. But if opportunities are not coming your way, you shouldn't miss out on love because you're you're waiting for that person to come and they're not coming. If somebody who is, somebody you do care about, you do love and y'all do have a lot in common, you are attracted to each other, you don't let that pass by. It's like, oh, I'm waiting for this random nigga to come up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But I'm letting go all these other people that I'm in love with, that, that, I, that I have great connections with, a great relationship with, pass because of that. You don't do that. That's not how love works. So, right. I know there's the, um, 
Black people have certain, I'll say, in, uh, idiosyncrasies about us that uh, dating a Black person, you won't have to explain. You know, me uh, having a white person, uh, partnering with a white person, I don't have to explain what a kitchen is. Well, I have to explain what a kitchen is. Or I have to explain um, the certain look where you see white people doing some foolishness and like a, a random black person will uh, give you that, that same look and you're like, yeah, that's, that's white people doing this stuff. Or um, things with black music or black culture that come so inherent with us, but with somebody that is not in our race, you have to explain and it kind of, I don't want to say it devalues it, but it you have to go that extra step and then almost dating somebody that wasn't white, you have to make that extra step. What do you all think about that, that notion that as if, if I were with somebody of my own race, then I won't have to explain these uh, idiosyncrasies and these our our culture to somebody else. I I love those conversations. I love when he asks me about them. Like that to me is like you're opening to learning. I don't mind. Like he knows I have a hair drawer. Shit. Every- <laughs> <laughs> my bundles are in there like 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 he knows that he knows like he knows what wig clips are like he knows like I had like he knows that there's a certain type of like cleansing shampoo that black girls have to use and then we have to go back through with like a moisturizing shampoo when you do it like he's learning those things it's taking a while but you know he's understanding that (laughs) yeah I well, for I think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous that people have that belief because we're not a. Mo- we can't say what in one sense we're not a monolith and yet treat us as a monolith. Like, um, it's funny. I was just watching. I, I've been watching a different world, and one of the things I did enjoy about that show was the fact that you got to see different types of black people. You will have the Whitley Gilberts. You will have the Freddies. You will have the Dwayne Waynes we will all have different backgrounds to where some black people may not even know what a kitchen is. You may have black people, meet black people who never been poor, may never have been through the things that you have been through. So it's, it's interesting as when I hear people say, well, I don't wanna have to explain everything to this person. I was like, you still might have to because y'all still may be two different types of black people or have different types of experiences. He may grow up with all men. So he may not even know anything about women and or she may grow up with all women may not know but it, it can all be so many different types of ways and, and experiences that may be a whole different black experience so that's why I'm always like I don't know if that's always a legit thing to say because it's like to say that we all grew up the same way is totally different and I think when I was in college I met different types of black people that I was like, wow, I didn't even know this. Um, Cause where I'm from, we were all similar, but now, you know, I'm here or I'm seeing different types of black people. It's different and it's amazing. They're also the same as if you're dating somebody who's Latinx or 
or Native American or, you know, Asian. And those are different things that they have to explain to you about their culture and what have you. So it's always going to be something where you're, you're learning about the person you're with. That's going to always be a given regardless of race. Um, but I think there it may be more you have to learn than you normally didn't have to. I know, for example, I live in a predominantly Latinx neighborhood. There's a lot I'm learning about the people I live around and everything else. And it's funny because they will talk to me like, oh, we're loud people. I'm like, I, I, I know we're loud people. So, you know, it's just things you just learn about people in general. But I, I, I kind of wish people wouldn't always use that excuse of like, oh, you have to, you have to, you have to teach them everything. I'm like, if you're dating anyone, you're teaching, you're learning and teaching about each other regardless. I, so I learned a recipe and the crock, well, I've been trying to get better about using my crock pot to alleviate my time. So I'm not tied to the kitchen and feel like I got to rush my work. And like one of my friends sent me a crock pot fajitas recipe. I was like, ooh, shit. And it's like actually one of the best recipes I've gotten for the crock pot. And my husband goes, yeah, I can't eat this. I want the sizzling like coming out. I was like, the white people Tex-Mex fajitas. That's what you want. I was like, that's not. <laughs> I was like, you want that? Like the burnt food? And he's like, so what? Like, I'm like, have you ever had like real fajitas? Like real, real ones? Because it's not like that. And he's like, really? And I was trying to explain that concept to him, but at least he asked and he was open to that. I think right. what people don't realize is that they're open to learn. Like when the people you're with are open to learning about you and they're not trying to change you yeah. at all. And that's exactly. part of what you worry about if they're trying to change you, but it's all about you should be trying to learn about each other. very much the, so that part um you might have to send me that recipe because uh, i know this is a segue or um aside those crock pots baby i have cooked some bomb ass meals and some crock pots that have saved me time you just set it and forget it like listen you can cook damn near anything in the crock pot and <laughs> It was, it was one of those things that's a cultural thing too I think I grew up with a single mom and so I was used to I was a latchkey kid too single like that was like I was black latchkey kid I would go home she'd be like hey there's chicken I prepped in the uh, in the refrigerator like go ahead and preheat the oven take it out let it get room to put it in and that was something that I learned but then I as the older I got and the older my mom got it was the crock pot that became a thing that's a big thing for black families what I was learning is it's not a huge thing for like as big a white thing with white families because they do have a two-family system where most of the time or two-parent system most of the time the mom is in the kitchen home and able to cook that food and so it was that was one of the, the things I had to like let them know I'm like hey I know you might think it's like a lazy thing or why people use a crock pot and I'm like it's really a convenience thing and I'm working from home sometimes working till eight o'clock and nine o'clock it's super easy to go downstairs around lunch on my lunch break put everything in the crock pot let it cook for three and a half hours and look bam you got dinner and it's not necessarily it lazy it's just a convenience and I think that those types of cultural nuances only come over time and having those conversations I think people don't want to because it makes them uncomfortable but I'm not about to be uncomfortable in my own relationship 
in their home. And I think that right. that's where that gets misconstrued too, is that they're like, I don't want to have those conversations. I'm like, are you, so that means, does that mean you're not comfortable having that conversation? So does that mean that your friend group outside of your relationships is only black? Because I, for me, I've been able to meet, and this might come, and I know my, my experience is different because I was a military kid. We moved all over. You don't know who you're going to school with. You're used to getting to know all different kinds of people. So I've always gravitated to learning and like being friends with every friend group. Yes, I have a friend of black friend, a set of black friends. I have a set of white friends. Then I have a set of like all like a whole like melting pot of friends. But I think those conversations, like people don't want to have them because it makes you uncomfortable. Um, and I think that's that's why some people they only know what they know and branching out to something new and unknown terrifies them. So in their mind, they'd rather say and, and stomp down on that. Someone doesn't want to do that or they don't, they would never date a white man for X, Y, and Z, as opposed to saying, you know, those kind of conversations and, you know, experiences are unknown and uncomfortable to me. How do I, you know, get used to that? Um, so I think that's that's something I've noticed over the years too. Yeah, I've. You mentioned. Uh, now I forgot. Oh my gosh, my brain just like just went. Um, yeah, you you do have to be open to learning and you have to put yourself into what you think are uncomfortable spaces to be more comfortable especially if this is the person that you say you love um i will say though i can't eat everybody's potato salad uh, so i have to stick to the black side and when i say the black side my mama's side of potato salad that's i have to draw a line somewhere as far as that, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, this it's a interesting conversation that I always see take place on uh, the timeline, um, because I think there's more nuances that are not being said that need to be included into in the conversation, because I get the whole idea of not wanting to date anybody who's white because you want to have the certain rapport with your own culture. I get that. Now, what I don't understand are the people who date white, only white, that feel like there's some kind of uh, like there's some kind of prize or that me being with a white person grants me admission to whiteness, which that is not the case. And I've seen that. I've seen that here in Kentucky. I've seen that online. And, and you know, a lot of those people that only date white tend to look a certain way, especially their hairline. Um, which is weird to me that they just want this, the power and the privilege that comes with whiteness, but then 
yeah, it's it's crazy. Those kind of people. Yeah, that's and that's what I was mentioning earlier. There are people who want that because they believe that is they believe that is what will get them the things they never had. Mm-hmm. And that's a bigger that's a bigger issue with many of us of color who have you know want. I don't want to say we'll do whatever, but find themselves doing certain things because they feel like that's going to give them, you know, access to life and things. And sadly, that's not how that works. Um, but you right. know, that's a lot of internal issues that they have to work out with that. Um, because I feel like you should want to do all these things yourself. You should be able to do, you know, have these achievements and have somebody see you as like this. I'm the prize. I'm the one you need to have in your corner. Um, versus feel like I need to get this white man because he's going to get me I'll be able to go on trips I've heard I've heard people say like I can't go on trips with, with Tavon but with Barry we can go here and everything else. we got this going on I'm like why can't you do that for yourself why can't you be setting things up you can go you don't have to have a man to do all these things you don't have to have a white man to do all these things mm-hmm. um, so it's really interesting that people are still using that as a value piece I know um and sometimes it's 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 so deep and ingrained in you, you don't even recognize it right off the bat of why you're choosing certain people. But I think once you do recognize that, that's when you should be like, okay, I need to check myself. I need to understand. I need to figure out why am I believing these things and why do I still believe these things and what do I need to change that? So it, it's always tricky, but I, I I believe that most people. Those who, who do believe that um, just have a lot of inner issues they have not worked through. Right. A lot of issues that we can't help them with. They have to go to a therapist or a counselor or somebody who is of professional um, level to help them with that. And I guess uh, to wrap this conversation up, at the end of the day, you just have to know yourself. And you have to love yourself first because, you know, if, how can you love anybody else if you can't love yourself in the beginning? So with that being said, this does bring an end to our show today. Kayla, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Where could everybody find you on the internet? Thank you for having me. This has been so good. Um, I've missed you both. <laughs> yes. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at Maria Hisella and then on Instagram at Maria underscore Hisella. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Megasheen1, Rickers at Wonderman5. I'm at What Porter Say. Uh, you can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify or on Facebook and Instagram at uh, Megasheen. Uh, check out our website at potoftheshine.com. Uh Victor, is there anything else before we get up out of here? No, just go see the Batman. Pussycat wigs. Pussycat. Meow, meow. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, y'all have a good one. <laughs>